0: Well, folks, welcome to I on the Illini. This is the Win Over the Mocks edition. This is Illini guy Mike Kegley. I am joined live by Illini guy Brad Sturdy and Illini guy staff writer Matt Stevens, both of whom are in Pittsburgh. They just watched the show live. They watched the game live, and they have got some thoughts for us. So, Brad, give us your, uh, you know, some of your initial thoughts coming out of what was an incredibly uh, gut-wrenching, uh, nerve-wracking, fingernail-biting uh, win in the first round of the 2022 NCAA tournament?
1: Well, it was, you know, it was obviously an ugly win, 54-53. They found a way to win, though, and at the end of the day, that's what counts is that you find a way to survive in advance. They um, didn't shoot the ball well, didn't score, you know, didn't, didn't rebound the ball well, uh, but what they did do was defend. And as long as you defend, you you have a chance. And that's what what happens when you get into the postseason. You can find a way to defend. You have a chance to win. And and that's what they did. I I thought they got some good contributions from Coleman Hawkins. Andre Cabello in the first half was key. I thought in the second half, maybe he had some, you know, made a few mistakes. But I thought overall in the first half, he was pretty pretty good. Um, I thought um, that, you know, Kofi was Kofi. He had a big game, you know. I, would, I asked Underwood, I would like to see them maybe play the freshman, use those guys, maybe bring some energy off the bench. Didn't use any of them. It was only second game this year that we didn't see a freshman play in. Um, they had, uh, you know, especially when they weren't scoring at all um, for long stretches there. I mean, I think RJ Melendez or having Luke Goody available to knock down a three it would have been a nice nice uh, thing there. But, our, um, you know, at the end of the day, you know, they, they found a way to win. Alfonso Plummer finally showed up and but they're not going to go much farther unless they get something from Trent Frazier. Um, he's going to have to step up and get something done on the offensive end if Illinois wants to advance past Sunday.
0: Matt, what were your thoughts coming out of the game?
1: I'm really glad that Brad Sturdy started out with defense
2: because I think our subscribers get tired of me preaching about defense and rebounding. So I'll just let Brad do that tonight because I thought that was the most two important Uh, Well, well, I thought the one thing was defense was the most important thing that Illinois did. There are stretches in this game where Chattanooga didn't score a point for seven minutes, didn't score a point. And when you do that, um, like like Sturdy said, you always give yourself a chance no matter how inept you are on offense and inefficient you are on offense. And I thought sometimes Illinois was all of those things. Um, I agree with everything you said. I thought I would add, I'm not sure how he phrased it about Grandy, But he just doesn't look 100%. And he's given everything he's got. I'm not faulting, you know, the 24-year-old for giving everything he's got right now. But um, he just didn't look comfortable. Um, Hopefully, maybe after this, he can get comfortable in the Sunday game and and beyond if Illinois wants to advance. Um, You just gutted this one out. And I want to remind Illinois fans, if you want to win a national championship, you got to win six in a row. And they are nothing like... The, the other five this you know I mean no game really has anything to do with the next game that you play so in this tournament so um, Illinois did the most important thing which is win by a point and now they get to play again on Sunday and that's that's kind of how this deal works yeah and that's a tough uh, right now you know
0: Houston's up by nine at the half doesn't doesn't mean that they're going to win the game but boy they play some tough defense and the Illini really uh, came through with uh, holding uh, the mocks to 27% shooting in the second half. And when you figure that quick burst that they got out uh, of halftime uh, to extend the lead, you know, up to, uh, uh, you know, up to 41 to 29, that quick eight, eight points they got, um, boy, that, that's a heck of a, a half there. Um, Brad, what was what – was, did you see um, going on on the offensive end? Do, do you have any – Thoughts on what might be, uh, you know, confounding the Illini, or is it just one of those things where they need to play through some some bad streaks just the way a, a golfer has to kind of correct their swing, you know, out on the golf course?
1: No, they, they don't move. They're so stagnant when Bellows not on the floor, and they just throw it around the perimeter hoping to dump it into Kofi, and there's not enough action to create that that situation for Kofi to get open. Um, So they tend to – and then if they do get it in there, then they all stand stand and watch him and see what he does. Um, It's just – it's not a very – when you get Bellow in there, there's so much more movement. Um, Just look at the first – you know, he doesn't play the first four minutes of the game, and then he comes in. I mean, there's a reason he was plus 18 tonight, because the ball moves. The other guys have to be creative. they got to penetrate. they got to find guys. It's not like they – don't tell me Trent Frazier can't get through Alfonso Plummer. I, I realized he got to the rim a couple of times and yes. he drew the foul at the end. He got a layup. The thing about him is when he gets to the rim, it's usually to shoot though. They don't have anybody, but Bella who can go to the rim. And there were a couple of times he made passes that were just kind of ridiculous fines and, and, or, and set up hockey assists and different things And they're a much better team when that ball's zinging around the perimeter like that. And then they look maybe to get it into Kofi run high lows, actions like that. It's just, When they're running those things, they're effective. When they're stagnant, they're just not. And there's too much of the game when they just kind of stand around, you know, dump it in. And I realize they have some guys out there, you know, who can't create. You know, DeMonte's not going to create. That's just reality. Um, You know, Coleman tries to create sometimes. And, uh, you know, Trent doesn't really create a lot. You know, a lot of his assists are, you know, whether in transition or secondary or things like that, it's not really a a creation. Um, You know, and Kofi's obviously not going to create. So, are very limited, um, you know, in, in which guys out there make other guys better. And so that's where they're going to have – if they want to be better offensively, they have to get more guys who can make the other guys better. And they got to get guys who can create their own shot, and they, they don't have them right now.
0: Yeah, and I do think that we even saw a little different side of Trent today because he had that turnover where he drove down the left baseline, looked like he had a potential layup, and then ended up throwing the ball out of bounds, um, you know, across uh, – uh, kind of in front of the Illinois bench. And to me, that's a, that's a shot he would have taken six weeks ago, and now it's an errant pass, uh, you know, and, and no shot attempt. Um, uh, we confident. also, yeah, you know, it was, it was crazy there. We've also got uh, Kedrick Prince, our director of recruiting, who's going to jump on board with us. And Kedrick, we were talking about some of the challenges that the Illini faced on the offensive end of the court. What were you seeing from your vantage point?
3: I think it's a combination, guys. This is just lingering.
0: I just, I don't think,
3: to me, when you're playing offense, I mean, a lot of it's confidence. And right now, they don't have any. I, I don't think so. My opinion, they don't think the shots are going in. And I think when Plummer got one to go down, you can see how contagious he was. He didn't even look for shots. Then when he got one or two to go down, the game changed. I kind of wish Trent would have got a, uh, his free throws early. Maybe it would have changed for him. But it's just it's confidence, and I don't. I mean, this is no disrespect of Tennessee Chattanooga. I didn't think they were very good at all. I'm sorry, an, an, an average Illinois team that we've seen this year beats them by 20 points. They didn't do anything spectacular to me. They didn't. They weren't physical. I don't think they shot it well. They didn't defend us well. We Illinois just hurt themselves tonight. I don't think there was anything that they did that was a that was a 13 seed. That was one of the that was a gift for, for Illinois. I think. Moving forward, they just have to get some confidence. And you could see Coach Underwood trying to be positive, but I think he knows. I mean, we've all seen it before. We've all been to the games and heard him give coaches speak when it comes to kids knocking down shots. He knows it's an issue, but you can't harp on it because if you harp on it, then it rubs off on the players.
0: So, Matt, you and Brad were close by there. Could you see, um, you know, how the Illini staff was reacting during the game, uh, anything jump out at you. Brad, I mean, like when Brad, Brad you Underwood
1: want to take dist- this one? Yeah. yeah, when Underwood destroyed his uh, whiteboard. I-, I, I, offered- I, saw
0: the, I saw the tweet, Brad, so I think you need to describe it for our fans.
1: Yeah, there, there's no... It, the whole... Uh, it's one of those whiteboards, really nice one. It's probably one of... It's got Illinois on it. It's got the handles on the sides, all that oh, stuff. sweet. It doesn't have handles on the side. It doesn't have the outside anymore. Um, <laughs> it, 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 it attacked... The, uh, the, the court, uh, the floor, um, with but at the under 12 timeout, I believe it was, in the second half. And it was not, or maybe it was under 16. One of those two, it, it was not pretty. It was not a pretty sight. And there were, so he was using a different clipboard the rest of the night. I, it's good that he has a spare.
0: Well, Frank Martin was in the studio and he made a comment that I wanted to run past you guys. But he said, he goes, well, he goes, you realize I know Brad and, and he is paraphrasing him he said something along the lines of, yeah, he must've saw the camera in there and he got all positive and stuff. He goes, but I can guarantee you one thing. As soon as the camera goes out of that locker room, it's going to get a lot more serious. (laughs) No doubt. There is no doubt. So um, as, as we look, I, I want to take one pass around because I do need to ask you guys this, because a lot of the fans aren't going to pay attention to this Malachi. Smith went four for 20 had a horrible when you when it takes 20 point 20 shots to get 12 points that's just a disastrous game from a possession standpoint and who was guarding him most of the time and and who do you think deserves a lot of the credit for making such a hard game
2: for him I'll take this one they uh, because it was shocking to me they really ran a whole bunch of guys at it okay you saw You saw Trent on him late. You saw DeMonte on him early. They even had lineups where, you know, maybe Trent's not out there or Bellows not out there and they were running Plummer on it just to give him another look. I mean, they know that Plummer's got defensive defensive issues, but they were just running, they were running multiple guys at him. And um, they were running multiple guys at Gene Batiste and, I thought Illinois did a really, really good job defensively of just kind of running different dudes at their perimeter guys and knowing – and I thought Kofi did a really, really good job when they threw the ball in the post at D'Souza that that just wasn't going to equal two points. And I think Chattanooga's Chattanooga's been very, very good about it's either going to get us two points, it's either going to get him to the line, or it's going to get us an open three, and Illinois didn't bite because they have a seven foot, 290 pound dude in, in, in there. I guess I'll do it. Like, I I feel like this is a positive win for the Illini because I've been wondering, you know, Ked and I sat next to each other at State Farm Center all year. And it's almost like we do, you know, the yin and the yang, because he's always talking about they gotta make shots. And I look him straight in the eye and I go, well, getting a stop or two might help too. Like that might be nice. Um, I've wondered about this team where if shots aren't falling and offensive confidence isn't there, are they going to, are they going to basically be tough enough to get a W and I thought everything about this game was defense and toughness. And they proved that against a team that in Chattanooga that gets 16 offensive rebounds and proved that they were going to be as tough as Illinois that Illinois can be one point better. And I thought that 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 moving forward in a tournament again, where all you got to do is be one point better than the team you're on the floor with each and every time, and you only got to do it six times to win a national championship. I thought Illinois had a good first step on those two instances of being tougher, than Chattanooga and just being defensively at an elite level because they needed to be because offensively they just didn't have any confidence. But I wondered about this Illini team if that was going to be possible. And tonight they, they it was. And it was possible more because of a guy named Coleman Hawkins, who I would have never said that about come Christmas time, like way back Christmas time. That kid it gave them energy. He gave them toughness. And he gave them a key defensive play that helps them win the ballgame tonight. Yeah, there was at
0: one point when the Coleman Hawkins bandwagon was just cad. So, um,
1: uh, I would say the other thing I'd say, Mike, is that the help defense from when you had you're able to switch. Coleman allows you to switch defensively one through four, and it really creates some mismatch um, defensively. And his length, Malachi Smith talked in the postgame about how much their length, the length of a guy like Hawkins, bothered him on some of those things. Physicality yep. of the guards, the length of Hawkins, and then the other thing: Kofi had three block shots. I think yes. on help situations, one of them was a 10, but they also called one 10 that wasn't a 10. So right. I guess it all comes out. But at the end of the day, I thought his help defense was his timing on those blocks was much better than we've seen it earlier in his career, um, and so I thought that was big. You know, he he knew when to help, and 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 that you could tell they weren't used to a guy like that coming from the help side
0: no, you're not used to the incredible Hulk come flying over and hitting your ball like a volleyball. Um, I, I do think um, the, the thing that both Coleman Hawkins and, and Andre Carbello have is if you watch them, they are wonderful at weak side help. Now they sometimes will occasionally lose their man a little bit, but I mean on weak side help, there was about two times that Coleman Hawkins took a couple steps, prevented the drive from coming in, allowing, you know, a, a, a a person's defender to catch up and then Coleman could slide back to his guy. You don't see that anywhere in a, um, in, in a box score and, and Corbello, to, f- to his fairness, he does that quite often as well, but I'm going to have Kedrick Kedrick. What'd you think of Coleman's uh, performance tonight? Because we were all uh, Gaga with, you know, his rebounds and his timeliness. He, he took over DeMonte's role of Mr. Key rebound and Mr. Big play tonight. I want to
3: say for every good and bad I know yes about Coleman with Corbello, you know, and Coleman right now, they're the X factors. Let's just call it it is what it is. There's things now that I've seen, and we've talked about, about this the last game, last podcast, or prior to it, where a guard get beat, a guard will get beat off the dribble. Kofi's natural reaction is to help out, which is smart. What Coleman does is exactly what Brad Sturdy just said. He can rotate and he gives you a different look because there was a play tonight where if he doesn't do that late in the second half, he got a deflection. It's a dunk for Tennessee Chattanooga, without a doubt. He is developing right before our eyes. I mean, he really and truly is. And think about it. He is so long. And when he goes, he go get a rebound. Watch it! I've I've said this forever, and this was the coach in me. He doesn't grab it with one hand; he gets it with two. The last rebound he got tonight, he got it with two hands. Because if you get it with one, the 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 defender could knock it away. You could you could lose it out of bounds. He's just growing up between our between our eyes. If it was me, and that was my son, he would shoot eighty thousand jump shots in the offseason <laughs> and 75,000 free throws because the sky's the limit for him. I mean, he is really, I mean, the way he runs the floor and catch lob dunks and he can block shots, I just think he adds another dimension. And I've been a fan of this, not because we're I'm friends with the family. Um, well, I'm lying. That is part of it. Okay. But I really want to see him succeed. And I just think he has a different dimension. When they play Houston, which is what it's going to look like Sunday, he's going to be, a, a. he will give Illinois a look where a lot of teams can't do that. A lot of teams can't go with a seven-foot Hulk in the middle and then a mobile 6'10 guy like Coleman.
0: Yeah, and I'll be honest with you, I I would tell Kofi the same thing in terms of of what to practice this summer. You know, Doug Altenberger talked about shooting 500 shots before practice in the morning and after practice in the evening. You know, he got an extra 1,000 shots beyond whatever the team was doing. And I think Kofi, Kofi shows a nice touch. Um, You know, he just needs the reps. Um, Brad, any thoughts here to close as we, um, as we, as we talk about, you know, either this game or looking forward, although folks, we're going to be honest with you, we're recording this at halftime. Of the uh, the Houston game, so they're up by nine, but we don't know what's going to happen. So, uh, anything, Brad? Either wrapping up this game or looking forward to Sunday.
1: Yeah, I mean, I just think Illinois you you, you got the win, and it's just like I think that Illinois may have a big uh, taking a monkey off their back with this win. I, I think there was a lot of pressure on them to get this win after losing to Loyola last year. Now you're in a four or five game that probably they're going to be. Uh, they're not going to be favored, I don't think. I think Houston will be favored if they're playing Houston. They probably be favored if it's UAB, but I don't think they'll be favored against Houston. And and Houston does have the lead, so um, I think it's a tough matchup. And I think they can come out and play a lot looser and a lot freer. Um, at the end of the day, they got to get more from their guards. Um, they got to get guys making shots. They got to finish um, shots around the rim. They got to finish the wide open jump shots um, that they're they're getting. Um, And if they can do that, they they can grind this out and they can beat a team like Houston. Because Houston also has days, although they're scoring at will against UAB, they also have days when they are offensively challenged. And so this could be another rock fight. And (laughs) Illinois knows how to play in rock fights. And they've been doing it for, you know, at times in the Big Ten, whether it's uh, Michigan State or whoever. They have those games where it's just kind of like that. And, you know, when they're – if you can win like that, then you have a game, maybe you clicking on all cylinders like they were at Michigan offensively, and you do that and maybe win a game like that. Next thing you know, you're 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 moving along in the bracket and you're where you want to be. Perfect.
0: Um, Matt, from your standpoint, we'll let you kind of do your little wrap here.
2: Yeah, I, I feel like Illinois, I, I do, I agree with Sturdy. I think if it's Houston, I, I do think it's going to be a rock fight. I do think it's going to be a game of which team is tougher and which team... You know, because both of these guys, Calvin Sampson and Brad, Brad Underwood have sold their programs on I'm just going to be tougher than you than 40 minutes and 40 minutes and that's how we're going to win. It's not going to be about being beautiful offensively it's not going to be about you know shooting God knows how many percent from three it's going to be about we are tougher than you we 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 punched you in the mouth more, and that's how we won. And I think that that's how Houston got to a Final Four last year, and it's how they're winning a whole bunch of games with Calvin Sampson, and it's how Illinois wins a whole bunch of games with Brad Underwood. So if that game happens, I do think it'll be a game in the 50s and 60s, and it'll be a rock fight and, you know, strength on strength. Um, so, But I, I think this game represents so much for Illinois because they, they easily could have lost this game, and I do feel like there's a mentality of – You know, when Carbella was gone with that concussion problem, where this team was struggling, um, you know, they would have lost this game. They would have found the easy things to do and they would have lost this game. Um, But Chattanooga's really, really good. And I I agree with their head coach, Lamont Paris. They're not really, really good mid-major good or Southern Conference good. They're good. And I thought Illinois did enough to win by a point. And in this tournament, that's all you got to do. And, and we'll see going forward, because I, I want to explain again, the Sunday game has nothing to do with what you just saw Illinois do for 40 minutes tonight. And so they could get, come out completely different on Sunday just because they got through this one. And it's happened so many other times for teams and it may happen for Illinois on Sunday. Well, and if, if the game's not going to be a beautifully played game, folks,
0: you're just going to have to look for the Illini guys Uh, reporters on the sidelines, that's going to be the only beauty you'll see.
2: Um, (laughs) Kedrick. Inaccurate.
0: (laughs) Kedrick, um, uh, I know. Let let me get, let let, uh, you put together a final wrap, and then I'll kind of take things out of here for our fans. Okay.
3: Um, I hope they come out with a little bit more sense of urgency um, Sunday. Um, Not to just keep saying, you know, what Brad said is right, but Brad is right. You know, they got the monkey off the back. You know, there was a lot of pressure on this team to win going back to last year. I think that's why you heard Coach Underwood talk about fun, 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 smile and have a good time. I think that's why. I think he knew it. He could sense it. Um, I was really, really impressed with the fight to come back. Matt, sorry to exclude you with this one, but uh, Mike and Brad, we're old enough to remember when we were younger, these were losses. These were games where you just knew Illinois was going to find a way to lose, and Today was different. Today was a little bit different. You know, it's a different feel. Maybe it's a different era. And you only, you know, Matt mentioned, you only need one point to win. This one point win could send them to the Sweet Sixteen, final way to Final Four. Um, anything's possible. So I, you never apologize for winning, especially right now, because you could imagine what Kentucky and UConn and all those other teams are feeling right now. Uh, I would much rather be in a situation in Illinois than right now than a team like Kentucky. You know, who was a two seed and. Yeah, I played last night, and, you know, Illinois still playing. So don't feel bad about it. It was ugly, and hopefully Sunday will be different.
0: Yep. It was uh, it was a win, and I keep telling people it doesn't matter. People don't remember 20 years from now, you know, 30 years from now. You know, you go back to 1983 when I was a junior in high school, and Pace Mannion in Utah beat Illinois. You know, I still remember that, but beyond that, that's it. And this may go down as the plumber second half explosion. It may go down as Coleman Hawkins saving the day, whatever that narrative is, that's how this thing's going to be remembered. The one point and the rest of it will kind of fade away into the sunset. It's just a victory. And they're set up for a very, very uh, challenging game on Sunday, but a sweet 16 is the ultimate goal. If the Illini could win a big 10 title and make sure they at least get to the sweet 16 seven years out of ten uh, that would put them in a, in the pay, the place where they're making runs at the national title on a regular basis as well. Before I close it out I would like to say one thing and um, uh, one of my favorite reporters in uh, who covers the NFL John Clayton just passed away and we want to give our uh, best wishes and sympathies out to his family. Uh, a lot of us spent a lot of years preparing for NFL games watching John and uh, really appreciate everything that he does. And as for, uh, for that, folks, we will have a podcast right after the game on Sunday. Uh, we're hoping for a win, but even if uh, things don't turn out the Illini way, we will be here and giving you all the coverage with this same group of gentlemen. Thank you so much for tuning in, and go Illini. If you have liked this podcast, please go give it a five-star rating on Apple or Google, wherever you get your podcast from, it would help us out greatly. Additionally, you can find our other podcast, Sturdy for 30, or Keds Recruiting Roundup. Those are available as well. You wanna make sure you get those so you get all the latest Illini information and recruiting information. We also have, are powered by IlliniGuys.com. That's the number one source for inside Illini information. It comes here out of here first. If you join, it's $99 a year. You get all the news, et cetera. And you also have message boards where you get access to how the sausage is made, all the rumors that are out there, all the recruiting tidbits. You get that a lot earlier than anywhere else. Go to IlliniGuys.com for that and join up. You will love it. It's a free seven day trial. It's a perfect time to give us a whirl. And you will find, especially in the summertime, When you have uh, Ked and Brad in the upper Midwest, you have Larry covering things in Atlanta. You have myself covering things in Dallas. We are at AAU tournaments across the country and we can cover Illini recruits and Illini or people who are interested in the Illini and give you all the latest news there. And that's going to be heating up. And of course, we also have the Illini Guys Sports Spectacular. That's our two-hour radio show that comes out on either Friday or Saturdays. It's on the Illini Guys radio network. There are 25 stations in the state of Illinois that broadcast our show. You can go to alinaguys.com, click the radio button, and you can see every station, what day they broadcast it, and what time. Please take a listen. If you enjoy it, call up that station and thank them for putting us on the air. With that, we will see everybody on, we will talk to everybody on Sunday. Go Illini!